0: What is up? The sixth man, we back. It's been a week. Damn, it's been a quick week. It's flown by. How are my GMs doing? Let's call them out. We've got House Lasky. Hi. <laughs> mod, mod, modest as always. <laughs> right, way, to, way to bring the energy. We've got House of O3.
1: House of O3. I'm doing good, man.
0: We have got the Pero Antich.
1: Express, express, um, express.
0: we got, we've got, we've got Mr. Smart over there, Lancashire Beer with the analytics glasses going on, right writing down some <laughs> key stats. We're taking a different focus this week, boys. <laughs> I, I, the door is shut, the door is shut, there's nobody coming in, not those losses, and let's head over to Salt Beret, here's the last GM, how you feeling man?
2: Good slow week for me, but I'm repping repping colours today, so I'm sure I'll get
0: some shit for that later. A lot, well, a lot of home teams on this pod as we are tackling the southeast and the northwest divisions. We are heading to the southeast, and we're heading to a place where coronavirus isn't affected because people were still going out. We're heading to the ATL, the home place <laughs> of the Migos. Jay Wild, Atlanta Hawks, three and one this week, and you're over 500. How you feeling, baby boy?
3: Very, very happy. Very happy indeed. Uh, so, we're we eight and nine now, which is awesome. Uh, we had a few. Nine and eight. Nine and eight, excuse me. I always get that the wrong way around. Uh, I'm used to us having a losing record, excuse me. Uh, (laughs) It's all changed now It's all changed Absolutely Absolutely Uh, Yeah we had some injury scares um, Clint and Trey Who are really the highlight of Everything that we've been doing In terms of their numbers Uh, Clint having his first uh, triple-double Trey Getting his groove back, um, and I say getting his groove back because after that controversy with John Collins, which I'm sure we'll dip into in a second. Um, yeah, you know, he, he went a little bit quiet there and was trying to figure out uh, how to get people more involved and maybe feel uh, less ball as maybe John Collins might put it at some point. Um, but they were both back playing last night against the Bucks. So, yeah, glad to have them back, man.
0: Well, it would. Well, you did play the Bucks earlier in the week, but you actually played the Clippers last night, and you got a big win. Yeah. Even though no Kawhi and PG, but to be honest, I think it's a tough league in uh, against whoever you go up against. I think any win is is good. Um, 100%. Trey Trey Young really hitting his stride. I mean, apart from the turnovers, but he's he's scoring in big big bunches. Wildly.
3: Absolutely, yeah. The turnovers thing is a product of him, you know, being young. And when you're ha- when you have that much responsibility over the ball, turnovers are going to be, you know, a bit of an issue. Uh, he's averaging four point three at the moment, which oof, that's really high. Uh, but he is also <laughs> he is also fifth in assists. So, yeah, it he just like that. that um,
0: it sounds like that stat took you by surprise, Wildy.
3: Yeah, I was I was up late last night, sort of doing some of the stats, and so I was uh my reactions are fresh, but the uh, the research is a day old. But I was just yeah, maybe it did to me a little bit by surprise. I hadn't really quite clocked how bad that that is. Uh, but yeah, fifth in the league in assists, um, winning record. You know, which is all good. Um, but yeah, I mean. One of the main things for us is I talked at the beginning, it was about our defense needing to get better. We are third in defensive efficiency, which is amazing considering the past four seasons we were bottom three, you know, a combination of 28th, 29th, 30th over the past four years. Um, so I mean, you know, Killing Capella being the main reason for that. Yeah, you got 10 blocks the other game and that's 10 blocks recorded. The amount of shots he would have altered just from his presence when you're blocking 10 shots, it would have been way bigger than that 10, um, which is yeah, just fantastic. So I'm loving the defense he's bringing. I, I think that if there was ever a player that we had traded for because we wanted them to do you know, X, he has delivered the most of anybody. We got him because we were crap on defence and we didn't get any shots and we needed that big man in the middle that could rim run, you know, catch lobs from trade. He has done all of that and more. uh, So I couldn't be happier about it.
0: It seems like Capella has blocked you off the screen as well.
3: Yeah, hell yeah. He came (laughs) in and blocked my lightning out. (laughs) (laughs) That's how good he is. All the way from ATL into uh, Stain's Massive.
0: Uh, <laughs> Wadi I want to speak on the Timberwolves game yes
3: which one? The second was... or the first one
0: the the one three games ago so you just beat them 116 to 98 um, yeah I actually big, put it on a up...
3: Capella Trey game yeah
0: yeah so I, well, I want to ask you because I, I put it on the Instagram you know what's more impressive the fact that Trey has 40 and three quarters and he's hit as many threes which was eight as the whole of the Timberwolves or Capella outblocking the entire team ten to eight. What's more impressive?
3: I think Clay and Capella, I think that is a lot more impressive because without him, our team is not good defensively. So he is the he's the infinity stone of defense on the Atlanta Hawks roster that we need to have in order to keep our <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. He's clicking. <laughs> poofing them shots away man um, so yeah that, that's why that's a lot more impressive and as I mentioned earlier he got his first triple double in that game of his career uh, so I love the fact that he's got that with us uh, Yeah, he's our best defensive big man since Dikembe Mutombo um, which is always a nice little nug to have love that um, Al Horford was very good but I was just going to say uh, yeah.
4: Al Horford yeah. no
3: hey 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 how dare you I love Al Horford uh, that's I, no I love him
0: too I love oh, the guy
3: no shut sure, don't how dare you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex Al Horford hater man just Alex hates him because he's keen How? how, how is that a reason
0: <laughs> nobody's more um, keen than Kai Anthony Towns ain't that right bro
3: <laughs> he's, <laughs> well, not so he's not getting involved so he's not getting involved something in the water clearly uh... <laughs> I'm
0: confused well, what, what is we'll all this
5: about... keen talk about?
0: Carl Anthony Towns is by far one of the most keen players on the court he is so engaged, it's a good thing but it's like alright man you chill out and Horford's like it's that but yeah anyway, thing. go on Mardy
3: was... <laughs> what I will say with Trey is that one thing that was really good, I didn't see the game live but I always follow up and watch it. When I saw that he had got eight for 12 from three, I was expecting some crazy NBA street, like just going from anywhere threes. But as the reality of it, which was I was more happy about was the fact that he was getting a lot of catch and shoot threes. He was relocating in like loose ball situations so that when people, when we got the possession, he was there ready and guys were looking for him. And yeah, a few times John John found him, which is awesome because yeah, you want to see those guys clicking on the floor.
0: Well, three in one week for you guys. Um, big shout outs. First off to Trey for that, that shrug three was disgusting. And then also he shouts out Kobe uh, 24 after hitting that deep three. Uh, in the clutch last night and also red velvet getting the start and deandre hunter playing some good minutes for you guys so i'm happy to see some there's a bit of consistency in the starting lineup. that's good for the for the atl i'm assuming red velvet is herter yes
3: correct only one red velvet
0: (laughs) so now we head to the capital where a famous Bernie Sanders meme has been popping off, okay? But there's also something else that's been popping off, and that is how unhappy Bradley Bill is with the Washington Wizards. Let's head over to Lancashire Lambier. What is happening in Washington?
6: Oh, well, to be fair, it, the, these two games that they've played over the past couple of nights have been the first that they've played in about two weeks, and it's quite ironic that we are talking about Washington And this is a team that hasn't won since the new president's come in. So there was literally a different president the last time Washington last won a game of basketball. That's how bad it is. And I really do feel for Bradley Beal. Um, The man is averaging 40 points over his last five games and the Wizards have lost four of them. It is, I feel for the guy. He's the first player since Michael Jordan in 1989 to score over twenty-five points in his first twelve games of the season, and he's in a team that has the worst record in the league. What more can the man do? That's disgusting.
0: That is some nice stats from from the glasses. The glasses are working. So you, you lose to the Spurs and then the Rockets. That is a tough game because yeah. that was a John Wall revenge game. Like he said prior to the game, like I'm going to make sure that like I perform, and he he did perform. He showed up in a big way. Um, What did you see from the Rockets game last night?
6: I think that just sums up the season really for the Rockets because obviously that John Wall, Russell Westbrook trade. um, Yeah, like again, Bradley Beal just absolutely went off in that game, didn't he? And it still wasn't enough. There was a shot at the end where he's, I think, he's passed back to the three-point line. And I I, I don't know which Wizards player takes the shot, but it's a complete air ball. And Beal's just there with his head in his hands. And... Yeah, like Russell Westbrook, they brought him in to obviously be that impact um with Bradley Beale. And yes, he is nearly averaging a triple-double, but in the games he's played this season for the Wizards, he's played nine games and he's won one. The two other games that they've won, he wasn't even playing in. He was inactive. Um, and the stats point to that as well. He's shooting at 37% from the field, which is the worst in, in his career, and he's 61% from the free throw line. It's embarrassing. Wow. Um, um, and then you look at John Wall last night, it seems to me that the Rockets have definitely done better out of that trade deal.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty rough. I With the Bill uh, field goal, the guy doesn't have any help on that team. You look across um, starting lineup, Bonga, zero points in 26 minutes. Lopez only 10.3 rebounds in 30 minutes. Last night, they only had 24 bench points compared to the Rockets, who had 41. They shot 39% from the floor, 20 turnovers, only had 36 points in the second half. It's all negative. Let's be positive. If Bill stays in Washington, which I highly doubt it, I think there is a trade in imminent, and I think we, we should talk about it, of who you guys think he will go to. He's leading the league in scoring. He's averaging thirty-four point five when I last checked. Can he win his first scoring title? There's
6: no reason why he can't. He's like you said, he's leading the uh, points per game, and the second place in that is KD, and he's four points behind. So he's he's on fire. Um, he's definitely going to be an All Star this year, um, and obviously there's rumors where he's going to go to. It could be the Heat. Who knows? But yeah, it's.
0: Where where would all the GMs speak on any term? Where would you like to see Bradley Bill?
2: So I'm going to say something controversial here because I've heard the ball's thrown out as a potential destination. And if I'm yeah. Bill, that's a terrible idea because you're just looking at <laughs> Washington 2.0. It's the same thing. Literally the same yeah. thing. No help. Where he should go is, is to the beach. Take your talents to the beach, son. Um, I reckon there's like... I don't even know what you could say. You might have to get rid of Hero, like, uh, Hero, Iguodala for salary. Like, just, yeah, throw throw some young players and picks and, and pair up the big three of Butler, um, Bam and Beal. That would be just insane.
0: You know, right. you know, that just made that so much worse because you said about how bad the balls were and then you just shouted out Miami.
3: <laughs> Take your a to the beach,
5: son. <laughs> We say we? Right. right state, wrong team Come to Orlando bro, we need some offensive help We needs some help over here we can, we can give you Mo Bamba, we can give you some draft picks We can give you m 4 expiring contracts We can give you
3: You can give them a whole hospital full of injuries <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah like... in, in all seriousness right, Fred, <laughs> Miami <laughs> My, Miami have got assets Let's be real here, they've got assets yeah. to give up And that's what Washington want another team how many oh. of those assets will they give up
5: because they want to keep bam i don't see them trading bam right if hero yeah. hero is potentially the only piece that i reckon that they will trade who else will go duncan you, robinson? Put,
2: you could put none in there as well but they're they're pretty heavy on the point guard end um probably put in i mean you none feels to, like a, but you might put in robinson at a stretch because but his, his position is getting taken by being anyway so does it make too much sense to keep him
5: I guess what do Washington need? Like I they need
4: any know.
0: anything and everything.
4: everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, my, um, my, go on George. I,
3: I suppose. How do we? How do we feel about uh, Tyler Hero being uh, the next potential Bradley Beal, just having his own team and going mental? I mean, I know Westbrook's there, but we just covered what he does. So Tyler Hero just going mad in Washington.
0: There's <laughs> there's only one there's only one solution. Philly have got a trade. Bradley Bill for Ben Simmons. It's Correct. the only trade that makes sense because Ben Simmons potentially has the most upside. And we spoke about how he would fit with a team with shooters. The only downside is that he's performing, he's not performing well in terms of scoring. So he might have lost a little bit of value. Um, mm. If I'm, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm taking that trade. Hundred
2: percent. Oh yeah, if you're Daryl, you're taking it. But the Wizards wouldn't do that, I don't think. Like Simmons well, only maybe. gets his points from tippins and fast break layups. That's like it. Literally. Doesn't shoot the ball in the half court. Like and you I don't think he fits with that Washington team. They haven't got enough shooting. They've shown that already. Like they, they don't have the offensive firepower and they cannot defend at all.
5: And I, I don't think Ben Simmons is a point guard either. He'll probably fit into a forward position and Wizards have got like five or six forwards there already you've got Roy you've got Denny you've got Bertans you've got quite a few of course Ben Simmons is better than all of them but their roster is still stacked over there unless they decide to move those pieces as well but yeah I guess if you're looking at player probably Simmons is the best player that anyone else would provide but Mm. unless it's a Chicago but then that doesn't solve anything swapping Bill for Levine
2: and if, I mean, you, you get picks as well, which is which is the main thing. And there's a lot of teams out there who can't trade picks at the moment. There's literally like a third of the league yeah. can't yeah, trade yeah, their yeah. picks because they've got they've already traded them, and you can't trade picks in consecutive years, which hamstrings a lot hamstrings a lot of people. So um, the only other one I don't know, George, if you were going to throw this out there as well, is Denver. Denver, no, for for
1: me, like like you said, I like when we first got the question like the first team which ran into my head was like you Bray was definitely Miami like for me I think that would be really good fit especially like with Jimmy Butler there and everything like that it's a tough situation which is in like the I feel like the brother's done his time like he he definitely I feel like it's at a point where he does need to look <laughs> look to get out of there like he's in a very tough situation now like Coming in during the draft, you saw that and when he was playing like his first year, you always saw like that comparison towards him and Lillard as well, like them being very similar players. So I feel like he definitely drew the short straw and ended up in an unfortunate situation with like, and now it's just getting worse. So I think, yeah, Nuggets as well. I think that would be a good option. But what would you say they would move
2: for him? What do you think they'll be willing to give up? I think it would have to be Michael Porter Jr. plus salary filler, plus if they mm-hmm. have any picks that they can trade at all. Um, like Gary Harris, maybe a salary, salary filler, Monte Morris, like guys in the same position that he would replace and would obviously be giving better production.
0: Let's, g- let's give a kudos to Bill because a lot of players have forced their way out of teams. <clears throat> James Harden. <laughs> and he's stuck. It. I think Jordan said it best. He's done his time. Would like to see him thriving in a in a more successful team. Let's head back to House of beaufort Buzz City, uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Jordan, how are they doing?
1: Um, a mixed bag for me at this point. From what I'm looking at, like this week they've gone one and two. Uh, last ten games. Uh, they've gone five and five so they have they do have that even split um, their total overall record is seven and ten so from the last time we spoke about them uh, that was like a, a beginning of a crazy run which they did and they did well but as soon as that was over they plummeted and I think like it's gotten to the point in this in the stage of the season for them and the managers of planning everything where they've passed we've passed like that honeymoon stage of like glimpsing of seeing what you can do and that's entertaining that's great but now they're definitely looking on performing and stuff like that and I think like Haywood for them has been brilliant mm. like he he's showing up like game after game um, and like uh, like I said before, like, I think he's shutting up the haters from about his contract from right at the beginning of the season. So that's always great to see um, from the manager. Like he's been saying at this point, uh, he's been asked questions like, are you looking to change up the roster and the matchups and stuff like that? But he's it seems like he's taken the approach of looking at the players and improving them individually first and seeing where they're going before he actually starts to change his game plan. Um, my only concern with that is, like, when when's the time to, like, pull the trigger on that and start looking more into what changes can be done at the moment. But, yeah, at the moment, it's, 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 it's shaky. It's not good, but it's um, not bad. So... Like it's it's a mix. They just need to get that consistency, really.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the effect of Lavar Ball again. Yeah, uh, he comes he comes out in the media and he says uh, Lamelo should be starting, you know. And it's obviously linked to Lamelo, so we don't even know if he's saying it. And it's the yeah. coach, like fair play to him. He was just like he has five turnovers. He's got to do better. Like you can't just expect to be jumped mm-hmm. in like you know we're not even 20 games into the season the biggest thing for me jord um their starting lineup like last night uh pj washington two points in 23 minutes
4: yeah. and
0: bionbo he doesn't do enough for me for me i i would want to put cody zeller who's back now put him in the mm-hmm. starting lineup he gives you way more than bionbo who's literally all he is is a rim runner can play Pretty defense
4: down,
0: relatively well yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. about it
1: Yeah, that's just like I mentioned before, like Haywood's like turning up and then um, all the other players seem to have like these separate issues which they need to kind of like iron out and build them back up. Like they have shown that they can perform and the chemistry is there, but it just needs to be that collective team effort to like kind of improve and put on that effort instead of being in that situation where you're relying on that one player throughout the season to kind of like pull you out of the deep end you
0: know I would also like to see Charlotte make a move for we're well, moving one of their guards I think they've got a they've got a an overload of guards that once they find out that that structure Rogier uh, um, Graham could help a contender potentially maybe deeper down the road, like not like a, not like a number one number two number three guy but they're solid players and I think that they could get some value for that. Again, it's just consistency with this team, isn't it? No. Yeah. Yes. That,
5: that Rosier contract's also a killer. It's a massive mm. contract.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm not too sure who's going to be picking that up. Yeah, and, and let's also talk about Gordon Hayward. Played against the Bulls 34, 6 and 4. The magic where he hit the game winner, left handed layup. We'll get to that in a minute, Ed. Uh, 39. Won't get to that. Yeah, we are. 39 points and nine rebounds. And then the final game where Magic overturned that loss 24, 5, and 4. He is earning that money. Yeah, definitely. Love that.
1: Definitely. And it's showing up.
0: So the Charlotte Hornets played this next team twice. And to be honest, the Orlando Magic have probably had the most interesting week out of any team in the NBA because they have had three games have gone down to the wires. They've been really good for the neutral. How has it been for you, Ed? Two and two this week. Eight and ten overall. How are you feeling about your team?
5: Bit of a sticky one still. Um, right, so the the major overall elephant in the room is since Markel Fultz has been out and actually since the last time we spoke, because I believe he got injured the night after we did the last recording for this division. Mm. We were six and four. I think six for four six and two, whatever. Plus or minus two losses. Since then last 10 games, they're two and eight. And it has been a stark, stark drop off in their offense. And we can see it by some of the awful losses they had. They got smacked up by the hardened less Rockets in that run. They got smacked up by oh, who else did they get smacked up by? Quite a few different teams. I remember watching a couple thinking, oh, this is not fun to watch. This is really hard to watch. There's no offense going on. Vooch is carrying the team on carrying the team offensively by himself. Um It's just a really hard watch. They are 27th in free throw rate. So they're not getting to the bucket at all. And I remember at the start, one of my stats that I made last time we spoke at Magic was they had the highest free throw percentage. That's dropped off a lot as well. And they're 26th in offensive rating. So they just can't put the ball in the bucket, which is, yeah. They're two and eight since Fultz's injury, last 10 since we last spoke. That's the overall highlight. That's the elephant in the room.
0: Let's just have a shout out because in the Hornets game, it was the first time in NBA history that two female officials worked in the same game. So Natalie Sego yeah. and Jenna Schroeder. So big kudos okay. to that. That was the that was a good comeback win for you guys. But let's talk about these close wins. So we've got the Timberwolves game, which was nuts because Cole Anthony uh, Timberwolves missed two three throws. Yeah. Anthony goes down the other end. He hits a fading three at the buzzer. Like, to be honest, that's a shot that you dream of, like shooting in the in your back garden, like the shot clock's running down. Five, four, three, two, one. Then you play the paces. Back and forth game, you know, um, so bonus ties the game, send it into OT. Um, and then Gordon turns it over in, in, at the end of regulation. But Brogdon hits a huge three with 2.8 seconds to basically win the game. So you end up losing that, and then the yep. Hornets one. Uh, I talk about uh, Gordon Hayward hitting the left hand layup at the at the end of the game to 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 win the game. So it's not a nice thing to talk about, but comparing Brogdon's three versus Hayward's layup, which game are you more upset about losing?
5: A thousand percent the Gordon uh, layup because Magic were up by twenty in that game. Mm which is, yeah, something damage. Magic work by 20 in that game and let it slip. Now, I'm not sure if you guys know this, and I, I think apart from Alex, because we spoke about this previously, do you know who the Magic's backup point guard is? And he's
0: not in the league
5: anymore, is he? Or is no, 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 no. He's a very well-known name. Very, very well-known name. He's a oh, backup, backup def- point guard.
0: We definitely talked about this yesterday. Who's yeah. <laughs> usual backup point
5: guard? I'll give you a clue. He's a starter. <laughs> Aaron Gordon is our backup point guard That is not a joke yeah. He is taking backup point guard minutes So Christ. The rest of our guards are injured Cole Anthony is our starter When our bench unit comes on Gordon comes on with them And he is the primary ball handler He is the so facto point guard of the team So it's Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross uh, Maybe a James Ennis or a Dwayne Bacon uh, Ken Birch And Gary Clark That's our bench unit
4: mm-hmm.
5: He's been handling the ball a lot recently. He's, I think, past couple of games he's been gets around seven or eight uh, assist a game. He's a backup point guard, so that just shows the extent of our injury concerns. Um, I just want to point that out there and say part of the growing pains and losses has been having to play like he does have some nice plays and can do at times, but it's hard to have Gordon as your as your playmaker when it gets to that stage of the game. He's done it quite a few times i know ultra likes it so we had a we had a chat with ultra yesterday about the magic he likes seeing gordon, uh, gordon that point guard i'm not necessarily convinced yet he's definitely not polished at all get some really bad turnovers can sometimes be very rash but that's our current situation
0: yeah go, i mean it might surprise you guys but in the timberwolves game gordon 13 9 and 7 so across the board sort of like a ben simmons line and then yeah, last night he's got he's got 12 11 and 7 just want to see him be a bit more aggressive because, to be honest, the team needs it. Magic need a scorer and this is what you guys have struggled with so much.
5: Last couple of things so on that Gordon point. That's a very good point because what Fultz does really well is he does drive to the room really well. And makes great decisions at the room, whether it's lay it off, to, dump it off to Vuce a little bit or kick it out to the corner. He makes very great decisions and forces the defence to to make him go to the free throw line or causes some sort of of offensive productivity in one way or another. And Gordon should hopefully be able to do that as well, getting into the rim and causing the defenders to think. And Something that I've also mentioned to Alex as well is when I do watch the Magic, I think they don't take bad shots. Whenever they take threes, unless it's Terrence Ross, which is that's his thing, most of the threes that they take are open. And I was looking at, I need some stats to back it up and I might finally figure out how to use the NBA advanced stats uh, table that they have got some really nice little, you can really deep dive into there. So Magic are bottom six in three-point percentage for open and wide-open threes. They're the only team that are bottom six for both. So open threes is between four and six feet and wide open is six feet or plus. They're the only team bottom six percentage for both. So they are not making their open shots, which is a real killer. Um, I, I just needed some stats to back up my thinking and watching the game scene. they can't make open shots. So as you were saying about Ken Burch, the reason why Alex brought Ken Burch also is he plays in our second unit, and Vooch sometimes plays the second unit as well. We have sort of a, a semi-twin towers with Vooch and Ken Birch playing <laughs> together quite often. Um, and it, I actually kind of like it. Ken Birch is really nice against some offensive rebounds. He's your ideal center coming off the bench. And last thing I want to do is I just want to give a shout-out to Vooch before, because I can just go on about magical day, as you can imagine. Last thing, I'll give some shout-outs to Vooch. He is currently, right, above the break free. So you know how there's a little curve on the three-point line. Vooch has made the most threes above the above the break of anyone in the NBA, and he's third in percentage. Only Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have got a better percentage from the area than Vooch. So just want to say that. And he's shooting 43% from three. And for a center, boy. That is wow. Uh also, actually no, that's enough. I'll leave I'll leave that about Vooch. I'll give you all my Vooch stats another time, but I'll leave it, I'll leave it on a positive
0: has got he's got to make the all-star team guy and also one of the best trades you've ever made in history because you, you trolled us for it because you stole Boots off of us and we were like, yeah, yeah, let's get rid of him. We want Andrew Biden. <laughs> and look how that turned yeah. out. Jeez. Yeah, but
5: Howard went the other way as, as well. So you know, it's a bit of a bit of a sticky one.
0: Trust me, you you came up better than we did. Um South Beach. I
3: had more bad haircuts for you guys than points.
0: Oh Jesus! The bowling accident. Let's not get into that.
4: Bowling accident.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Google it. Google it. Well, yeah. Anyway, the last yeah, the team, team in, in
5: Florida, Florida doesn't matter. It's fine.
0: The last team in this division, the Southeast, and I was just going to say, big shout out to South Brute. Bring me the heat. Ah. Oh. ha. We're nice. heading to Miami. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, favorite team. Um, even though we give them standard for it. The Miami Heat one in three this week, six and ten overall. A lot of big names and big face coffee uh missing.
2: Yeah, big face coffee. He hasn't played since the 9th of January. He's missed nine games. No big face coffee for the Miami Heat. However, <laughs> he could be back against the Clips or the Kings this week. Um, so very much looking forward to his return. Hopefully, he can stabilize this incredibly erratic offense, which seems to be swinging on whether Bam Adebayo can score 30 or 40 points instead of 20, which is what he's averaging. Um, when Bam scores 40, they score like 110, 120 points. And when Bam scores 20, they score less than 100. And it's literally like that every single game. Um, so, yeah, that is it, completely erratic at the moment. Um, however, like, I don't know if you guys have heard anyone else talk about the heat. No one is worried about the heat. And for good reason. Like, this is a team that went deep last year. Um, they are reapproaching the 500 mark. Um, I don't doubt that when their full complement of players is healthy, um, they'll be back in contention for the top of this division. So I'm not worried. And um, Their next stretch of games is a really good opportunity for them to do it. So they've got the Clips, which is a tough one, depending on who's playing, followed by the Kings, Hornets, two at the Wizards, two at the Knicks, and then the Rockets. And if you can't get back to 500 on those teams, you know, like...
3: They're, they're, then you're worried.
2: Yeah, exactly. The next time we talk about them, I would hope to see them with at least a 500 record um, and, and big plays. Big plays coming back in the line. Sure.
0: Yeah, Bray, I just want a good point on that. That's a really easy run of schedule. But if they don't pull it out, they might get ahead of themselves. Like six, six and 10 is not a good record. And sometimes like playing from behind is not what you want to be doing. Like, and... I know that they can't really do anything about it. Like people have got COVID or they're injured and their best player is out. But I don't know. I just think the uphill struggle with every game's hard in the NBA. I, there's no easy win. We've seen the Knicks pick up big wins. We've seen the Kings beat big, big teams. So I just don't, I, I just don't I mean, know.
2: We, but we, we've talked on this podcast before about the uh, the Miami identity, the coming, the coming in with the conditioning the this kind of dog mentality this is a jimmy butler team he is an absolute dog like you think of, of the the players who, who grind stuff out and he's one of those and i think this team are more suited for an uphill struggle than potentially any other um you know i don't think there's there's massive massive egos on this team i think everyone's willing to come in and work hard to, to grind out wins so um they do need to do start start getting these wins now, though. Like this the season is shorter, like you know, fair, fair enough. But um, there is there is definitely a path for them to to be, you know, at the very least in the mix. Because at the moment they're they're kind of on the outside looking in, and I just don't think that's going to be the case. I would I would very much hope. Uh, I have top six aspirations for them if they can get get it back on track in this in this next stretch.
3: Don't worry, there's always a plan tournament. Yeah. Mm.
0: I just I just wish you had that same energy about the Bulls, man. I know they're not and your the team. But... There. The,
2: the, the, this <laughs> Miami team has a lot of talent on it. The Bulls team does not. That's just and it. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Also, one other, one other fun fact about the Heat, um, they are one of the teams who are going to get fans back at their home games. 2,000 fans, um, which will hopefully make a difference at home. And also, they're going to have coronavirus sniffer dogs to dogs. um to be testing things out, which I saw. Didn't know that was even possible. Honestly, oh. skeptical if it's even affected. So uh <laughs> like the coronavirus special dogs do. And if they don't do very well, maybe uh maybe the entire thing will be out longer.
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. The biggest headline is that that shows how bad their season's going so far. It's just been...
5: <laughs> I also just say the bulls have got a better record than the heat. <laughs> the I don't know so what you can't say about
2: I'm that. Oh, I
1: said that last week too. It's <laughs> okay. We, we we can't
0: we, we can't dog him every week. But <laughs> some headlines. Uh, bam, career high forty-one points, which is great. Uh, Kendrick Nun also the forgotten man. Uh, he had some really big games. You know, he didn't really play much uh, when they went to the finals. He had minutes here and there. You know, they beat the Raptors. He has twenty-eight eight and five and 35 minutes, nuts. And then in the next game, he has 22, four and five off the bench. Uh, I mean, they lose that game in the Raptors, but yeah, just, I just want to shout out Kendrick Nunn because um he is, the, he's doing bits well, when he's coming off the
2: bench. You remember, like it was so long ago, but last season, he was the starting point guard for the whole year until the shutdown. And then they got, they get back into the bubble, Tyler Hero catches fire and you've got no, point, no choice but to start him. And, uh, you know, I don't think none got on very well with the bubble. Um, some players didn't. Some players really didn't perform there, and he was one of them. But he's he's still got immense value. The, the guy can put the ball in the bucket when he wants to. I like uh, him coming off the bench. Um, I think he, you know, Dragic is is more suited to a starting role. To be to be honest, I think um, and I think none's better as a spark plug. Um, and Hero, you ride him when he's on, and you bench him when he's not.
0: So that wraps up this division of Southeast. Let's head to the Northwest. Now, last week, this man dogged me because I didn't give him the headline spot. Ooh, you know, I didn't give him um, much of an introduction. Uh, and unfortunately, I've had to listen to him because this team is rolling. Tied for first in the West right now. They have, correct me if I'm wrong, Ed, they have nine wins in a row. They've gone 3-0 and this week, 13-4 overall. It is the Utah
1: jazz.
0: En fuego. They are en fuego. Um, uh, uh, that's the, that introduction was good. Thank you. All right. Gosh. Got, I've just got mad myself, you know. In in the
5: words of Mario Balotelli, the postman doesn't celebrate when he delivers the post. So I licked. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So actually, funny enough, last time we spoke about the jazz, uh, so it's been ten games since then. They've gone nine and one. The one loss being that first game against New York. Then when a nine game win streak. Um, but the loss was uh it was an internal house Alaska win, so that's fine. Uh, so I count that as ten wins. So during that run, when when I was looking at. So when I was doing my research for the Magic, when I tried to find my stats, I was also looking at, oh, actually, let me look at a bit of Utah's overall stats for the past year and wh- and how they're doing, because they are number two in three points, three point percentage, I think trying to do a bit more of a deep dive into it. And funny enough, actually, they are making 26% of their wide open threes. So I was using that tool again, and it showed me their wide open threes. Utah are second best at making wide open threes, which I felt really, really good, obviously. So they're getting the opportunity to really knock down shots and they've got some really nice shooters on the team, especially Spider Mitchell over there. Um, as I was saying, they're currently second in three-point percentage and they've just been, as I said, on fire past 10 games. For that, for the winning streak, only one of those games was a single-digit victory. All those other games were double-digit victories and a lot of blowouts, which tells you the sort of dominance that they were at. Um, but yeah.
0: It's got to be the uh, the man who Wildy picked <laughs> in the battle royale. It's got to be Quinn Snyder. He must be you know sniping guys before the game, just deadlining so, all of them. <laughs> so uh, apparently, I, I was
5: I was reading something. I was reading an article on um, the Athletic, and they were saying they were they were talking to some execs, and they were really surprised at how Quinn Snyder's has managed to change the DNA of the team and how they've become so three point centric. The only team to take more three more three shots as a percentage of their offense is Toronto, and it's really good if you're the, if you take the second percentage most of threes in the league and you've got the second highest conversion rate, um, and they're really surprised how they've managed how Quinn Snyder's managed to change that about
0: the team. I want to go back to the three point. Um, I also found the stat so Utah. Um, got the record for the most threes by a team in the first 15 games at 248 that Right. Um, there, yep. yeah yeah I, I think that's overlooked apart from spider who do you think is the most underrated three-point gun for, for them i
5: was to pick one player i would say mike conley has i think he's got the highest plus minus in the league or something there or thereabouts and he's been really effective wow. for the jazz especially from that point guard position. I think he does. I'm not sure if it's within a certain time period, but I remember reading somewhere a couple of weeks ago, or not a, couple of weeks ago a couple of days ago, how Michael Conney's effect that he's managed to have on the team.
0: Every week we talk about Shaq and he's going to come up again here, Ed, because he was interviewing Donovan Mitchell after yeah. the game. Uh, he said, yeah. well, what does it take? Um, have you got what it takes to get to the next level? And Donovan Mitchell just looks at it and goes, all right. I, I don't care. <laughs> um, very awkward interaction between the two. Um, I, I don't know. I really like Donovan and I like what he's been doing this year. Um, I don't think anybody can tell him nothing. The team's playing really well. I know you want to speak more about Donovan. That, I'll be I'll be very brief on Donovan.
5: So I'll say the positives and negatives. i try and say both sides. When you don't watch Donovan play and you purely look at his stats, you see, okay, cool. He's a pure shooter. And... He is he is shooting lights I think during this run, I had a jot down here. During this run, the last nine nine games, the winning streak, he's shooting fifty percent from free, which over that sort of time period is amazing. Like over nine games, shooting fifty percent from free is really really impressive. He's his career high in rebounds is twelve, and his career high in assist is eleven, and. That is, I think that is sort of where people are going to. I think he's only ever had a handful of double-doubles in his career. He doesn't necessarily have those stats outside of shooting that he may want. Stats can sometimes be joke, but what's the difference between nine rebounds and 10 rebounds? Well, one of them counts as the double-double, the other doesn't. I think that is what Shaq was trying to say, maybe in terms of the other elements of his game, how else he can help the team apart from shooting. But then saying that, Donovan is still an absolute dog. He can get to the bucket. he can cause havoc, and he can shoot the lights out. So... He's looking at it as it mate, like, are you even watching my games and seeing what I can do and the effect I have on the team? But then you also look at like the impact he's having, maybe in other elements of the game, it might not be as much as you'd want for a star player to have. That's what I'm gonna leave out, Donovan. But yeah,
2: one thing I'd add to that is that like, we've a lot has been made of the relationship between Donovan and Rudy and how they play Rudy, together. Yeah. Um, and what we've seen this season is Mike Connolly be the main guy who's been enabling um Gobert. It's been the Connolly Gobert pick and pick and roll that the handoffs that, that they they play together insanely well. Like they're together, their plus minus is is one of the highest in the league. Just because like obviously they're both really good defenders and they've been clicking offensively and then you know you've got Donovan of them he can do it on his own.
5: Honey loves having that big man around him. we we know it from his Memphis days. He loves that big man, little man combination, his his partnership with Gasol and Zach Randolph being able to feed them the ball and his ability to do different things with a pick and roll. That's when he's in his element. So yeah. And I guess it also helps go Gobert in his offensive production. Um, but there are things to look out for. I'm not sure when we what, I am not sure about you guys. I'm looking ahead. I've already got number one pick secured. I'm looking at how the draft board would go for right, team to get to the playoffs. And, playoff
0: and I'm, I'm waving you off. Okay. I'm waving you off, just like the award ceremony with the good Cuban Gooden Jr. And they're cutting him off and cutting him off now. Right, let's head to more Middle America, and let's head to Oklahoma. Well, Mr. Wow Smith,
3: what's up? How's my uh, <laughs>
0: how's my secondary team doing?
3: Secondary team doing not too shabby. I mean, well, this week there's uh, a lot of tough. Now, the Clippers twice, um, we, who and they have the, well, after losing to my Hawks, they had won eight games in a row prior to losing to my Hawks, excuse me.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Um, so they they lost to the Clippers twice this week, uh, and a lost to Denver, um, which have one of the best offenses in the league. So, yeah, I mean, it was a tough week, but like, they're seven and nine. Um, and when they were the team that I was you know forced to pick but was very happy to receive um, and if you're getting seven wins out of like your worst in my view was meant to be my worst team Detroit um, then it's uh, you know <laughs> it's, yeah it's pretty good I'm very happy with it but um, yeah Grant Hill is out at the moment with a sore thumb Al Hawford is out for personal reasons um, I can find much more on that but hopefully I mean that
0: I think he, um, he uh, his daughter was born. I think he had a birth of his kid. I think that's why. Oh, amazing! It. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah.
3: Hopefully, there's some uh, Isaiah 2.0 Isaiah uh, result there where he just goes ballistic after having a kid. Then that would, that would be great. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter too much because Isaiah Roby is their rookie, uh, and he's a really good fill-in for uh, Big Al because he's another big man who can also stretch the floor as well. So. Um, with those two interchanging, it's just the exact same offense, Put whichever one you want in there. And yeah, you're going to be able to run what you want to run. Um, oh man. In the spotlight for this team. Okay. Lou Dort. prior to the trailblazer uh, win, he was shooting over 40% from three. This is the guy that, that Houston was leaving wide open in the playoffs to say, Hey, shoot whatever you want. He's now, after the Trial Blades, he's now 39%. Took a little bit of a dip. Um, but, yeah, he's shooting incredible. His defence is amazing. Just to have that much of a jump when there was barely an off-season uh, is incredible to me. Uh, I love the fact that he, he's doing that. And for me, obviously, Shea is getting the most points for them. But in terms of two-way, we'll
4: Ludor
3: Ludo is there, is my favourite player um, of theirs, uh, so I like how big he is. He's nice and wide, so he can get to the cup as well. Uh, and the more he's, the better he gets from three. The easier it's going to be for him to to get to the hole, get to the line. Um, it their record, their record in terms of who they got coming up next. They got Suns, Brooklyn Rockets twice, and Timberwolves twice. So you know, it, it's not too sure how I could go. Brooklyn are very. Inconsistent, it seems, in terms of who they want to beat and who they don't. So, um, that could be a win. Rockets, Wall seems on the up, and hey, Timberwolves, uh, geez. Uh, we should beat them. I hope we beat them. <laughs> we, I've already preached about how they're a better team than uh, Timberwolves.
0: Yeah, they got pretty uh, bad. Uh,
3: yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, defense wise, very much like my Hawks last season. They're 25th in defensive efficiency which is not very good but um, you know when they have if they are going up against a team that have an outstanding scorer it's nice to have someone like a Lou Dort to put on that player to slow them down as best they can um, but yeah and uh, that's where I would at with them
0: Wadi well, can I ask you about some of their starters so you've got Darius Baisley and Isaiah Roby picked out they both play the forward positions So in the Clippers game, the first Clippers game, they both had eight points and four rebounds. And then in the next game, Roby had 10 points, 10 rebounds, and Basie had nine points and 11 rebounds. Very similar stat lines. I just want want to know, who do you like more or like watching or who you think is a better fit for them? Like in terms of starting lineup. let's say Hawford comes back and maybe shifts one of them out.
4: Well...
3: There was an article about how uh, OKC had really great long-term confidence in Roby being able to guard centers such as like Jokic and stuff like that, which n- nobody can really guard Jokic. So that's a bold statement in my mind. For me, Baisley is my I prefer watching him. I think he's a lot more explosive. I think he's got a quick first step. Uh, and for, for me, I think that he's a little bit more of a presence when I'm watching the game. Uh, he doesn't disappear disappear from view in terms of what I'm paying attention to. I do like Roby a lot, and hey, look, he's a rookie. So if he's getting similar stats, then, you know, hey, that's his first year. So let's see where it can build from there. But at the moment, Bazley is definitely somebody that um, I'm more favoured towards.
0: Let's do something new on this pod (laughs) um, because we always strive for innovation. So OKC's final game this week was against our very own house of o3 jord where it was a very close game so i'm going to sort of transition into the thunder blazers matchup and i want you guys both to talk about like what you saw obviously thunder pulled it out with the win yeah um any thoughts from, from that game yes, did.
3: <laughs> i just want to kick it off with uh the fact that mike muscala Former hawk <laughs> was absolutely on fire from three, man. You can't stop Musky. <laughs> he, got, he went six for ten from three. Um, but it was uh, at one point in the game, he he was he hit three in a row. Uh, I think one was he's four for six. So he was uh, he was really putting it on you. Couldn't couldn't find <laughs> an, an answer for for the moose. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll give you that respect. I'll give you that respect. You You know what? I find funny about the game as well. Sorry if I'm doing a bit of a spoiler. The fact that um, Lillard released that shoe, kind of trolling OKC for that win, and then we go out and (laughs) he to the youngest squad on the court. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of like, timing on that, but yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give props, right, Stu, for that. Like, like you said, tough game. Um, I, w- I was expecting more from it, but yeah.
3: Yeah, I think it was it was really cool because I mean, OKC, they weren't. It wasn't like they were. When you're watching the game, you didn't feel like they were underdogs throughout the whole thing and they have to rally at the end to do it. It was actually all round. Blazers were down um, and Lillard hit some amazing shots uh, as as we can to to get him in close um, to to, try and pull it out uh, in respect to his own shoe. But couldn't quite do it, as he said. So it was a shame. But yeah, I think that the game was real good. Uh, Can't forget
1: about that Gary Trent Jr. flop as well. One of the one of the highlights. <laughs>
3: yeah, I <laughs> did yeah. see that. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, yeah, no. it, was, it, was it was like bad. his brain was working, and he was like, he felt like a breeze on his back, and was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, let me let me fall down real
4: quick <laughs> oh <my gosh.
3: laughs> there's so much expected of me sometimes it's easier for me to just fall down
2: and his cancer as well 22 <laughs> rebounds oh, course, yeah. love to see it
0: Absolutely. Yeah, he um, he had seven offensive rebounds. But George, let's. I'm gonna. You have your own spotlight now. So the Blazers, they uh, they had two postponed games against the Grizz, So They missed out yeah. there. They went one and one this week. Nine and seven overall. Uh, win against the Knicks. And then we all spoke about the Thunder. What do you want to talk about with your own team?
1: Um. So the biggest concern, which I usually have with my team, is when it comes around. It seems like the season, each season period. The, the run of injuries, which seem to begin to plague us. So obviously, now McCullum's out for a bit. So he's expected back in March. Ennis Cantor is also out. And then we've got a few injuries on day to day.
0: You mean Nurkic?
1: Oh, yeah. Why am I saying Cantor? Yeah, Nurkic, sorry. Nurkic is out. Sorry. and then we've got those injuries day to day. And then See, sure. my main concern with this is what I mentioned uh, before in previous podcasts, where I'm usually concerned with our play style, where it heavily relies on Lillard and McCollum. Now, with that being said, like um, Lillard has been playing amazingly well. Like he's one of the most clutch players there out there in the NBA. I think. Um, in total, I think he's like top five for points scored, which is insane. And so, yeah, he, he really does lead this team well. Now, my concern arrives is now that McCullum's out, whether that pressure is just all going to fall on Lillard again and then he's got to pick it up again where it gets to the point where in our NBA season, it becomes more of an endurance game with how long can he keep it up.
0: Yeah, George, that's a really good point. Um he's out for four weeks with a small fracture in his left foot. Yeah. So my question to you out of Simons, Gary Trent, Rodney Hood, Mello, who do you want starting in place of him? Who do you trust the most? Ooh. Oh, and also, would you drop out Covington and Derek Jones Jr. in the starting lineup?
1: Um so in terms of, I'll, ask, I'll answer the second question first.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would look to drop out Covington. I'll keep Derek Jones Jr. and I'll drop out Covington. Um, I'll probably, even though I do like Mello coming off the bench, I really do like that. I might swap in Mellow for a bit and give Covington that break, seeing as he's got that injury, to just ease that concern a little bit there um in terms of the first question who I would look to start um I'm happy with Gary Trent however I have to give respects to a a Fernie Simmons on that like I feel like he's been playing really well and he's been stepping up and I definitely do see him um well i hope he gets more responsibility in that because the, the brother can play and he can play well and he, his heart is definitely in this team so i would love to see him, more performances from him nice man
0: that's great yeah. well with uh ennis canter as well he's got big shoes to fill and he's got big yeah. shoes to fill defensively because we know he's a double double machine and we know mm. uh, what he what he does on the offensive side of the ball um, didn't know if you knew this stat, George, but Lillard broke the uh, record for consecutive free throws made in the franchise. He made 67 in a row, which is quite mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Derek J- Jones Jr. actually put in like 14 points in the next game where Emmanuel quickly just completely went off in that game. Um, but yeah, they get, they're they getting out-rebounded. Um, I, I just think, yeah, they're undermanned at the moment. And yeah, they're, they're a team with depth. Uh, They've got a lot of pieces there. They just, they need to rely more on those pieces.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's it's, again, it gets to that point where we don't rely on them at the beginning and then we get to those injury positions where a lot of our players start to pick up injuries and then we're like, well, who can we look to? Let's just look to the players which we've been looking to at the start and continue along that route which is where my concerns rely. But again, shout out to Lillard. Like, in his true shooting uh, stat, um, which incorporates all areas of where you're scoring points from, he's got 86% of true shooting. 86%, wow. followed by Hayden, 77, and Colin Sexton. Oh, sorry, Colin Sexton, 78 in second. So, yeah, the brother's putting in work. Lillard being hey, Lillard.
0: They style <laughs> <laughs> shout out Colin Sexton. Shout out Colin Sexton. Yeah, he's not he's not getting the credit, and you know the Caps have lost a, a lot of games without him there. So like, yeah. He's
1: a beast. Like I have to shout out that um, defensive block on KD. Like you see oh. him coming in so quick. Did you see the delay on KD's yeah, but,
0: yeah, face? You, she didn't even you realize
1: what, the ball had gone.
0: Do you, do you know? <laughs> do you know what's so funny about that clip? What? So I was trying to figure out what the hell happened after it. They called yeah. him for a travel. Are you serious? (laughs) So he made that play, and then they were like, No, no, you traveled like just after. He must have been too excited. Too funny, man. Way too funny.
1: It's just the delay on KD's turn. Like he's still looking at the ball for like a a couple of seconds, and it's like, Oh, wait. (laughs)
0: Let's move on to the second team that has gone undefeated this week. We haven't had this. Two teams in the same division go undefeated. Let's head to the Rockies in Denver. Lancashire Lambier, the door is shut. There's no losses coming through. <laughs> Talk to me about the Denver Nuggets.
6: It's every time you come to me, I'm always having at least one undefeated team. So
4: mm.
6: I'm very happy with the way that everything's going in my house right now. Um, the Nuggets, what can we say? Um, started off the season a bit slow, but on a four-game win streak at the moment, currently 10-7 and seven overall. And we like it exciting in Denver. Um, Two games against the Suns. First one went to overtime. Second one went to double overtime. Um, And then a nice little four-point win versus the Mavs. So, yeah, it's, it's nice and exciting getting the wins on the board. Jokic is unbelievable, as always. Jamal Murray's excellent. Michael Porter Jr. is fantastic. It's very exciting in Denver right now.
0: Might I add three quality wins as well. The Mavericks are gonna be in the running for the playoffs and the Suns, we've talked about how well they've been doing. Um, you said that they were both overtime games against the Suns, which is great because it shows that they're, you know, playing well under pressure. What did you see down the stretch? Like was it was it all Jokic or did they go to Murray down the stretch? What like what were they running in terms of like who did they put the who what? was yeah,
6: yeah. well, in terms of especially the um, the game that went to double overtime, Murray made a great three-point shot um, at the buzzer to send it to overtime. And then Jay Crowder did pretty much the same thing in, in the first mm. period of overtime to send it to double OT. Um, but then it seemed that there was a bit of to and fro, and then they kind of went to Jokic to seal the deal towards the end, and that was when they started to pull away, especially in that second game. But it's good to see Murray making those clutch shots um, down the stretch of the game as well. And have to shout out Michael Porter Jr. In the uh, game against the um, Mavs, he got 30 points in 27 minutes off the bench. And some good, like, a little bit of a analysis that I read about him was that he's a, quite a bit of a triple threat um, this season. So half of his field goals are from three point, 30% are from the rim and 20% are from mid-range. And he's having a great season. He's currently averaging 18 points per game and he's got 47% from the three-point
0: line, which is ninth in the uh, league. Uh, Jabal Murray hitting clutch shots, but did you guys see him take a different kind of shot on Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, in the game? The type of type of cheap shot. Did anybody see that?
6: Yeah, yeah. Flare, low blow. Oh,
0: yeah, low gosh. blow. Low blow, That's indeed.
6: <laughs> yeah. But again, showing that, because um, he got ejected from that, obviously in the third quarter, and yet they still managed to, with that game against Luca, I think Luca has like a ridiculous triple double in that game as he always does. Yep. So even without Jamal Murray, that shows that they can still um, pull away. And yeah, like I think Jokic is obviously a big piece of that. He's got near enough averaging in a triple double this season. Um he's insane. He he's had a double double in at least in every game. And no other players done that. And he's only second to Luca in terms of triple doubles. Um it's ridiculous. So Yeah, The Nuggets are a great side and even with the games coming up next, they've got the Heat, Spurs, Jazz and then Pistons. It feels like they can build on this run of form that they're on at the moment.
0: I also want to give another shout out to the Denver depth. Their bench is, whenever I see it, there's somebody at least in double figures off their bench, whether it's Jermichael Green, Monte Morris. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've you know, sometimes Will Barton plays in the starting lineup. He hasn't played the best, but it always feels like there's somebody that can step up. And especially with the whole Jokic thing um, and him shouldering a lot of burden, it seems like they're finally figuring out how he can get some help. You know, and Murray's finally turning up. Like before he got ejected, um, Murray had a good game. Like he, I think he had like 16 or uh, 16 points. Um, before he had ejected so we just we just want to see more out of Jamal like and continue to take the next step I
6: think I think that's an important point you raise as well in terms of the the players off the bench making a contribution because uh, at the moment I think Jokic and Murray are both in like the top 20 in the league for minutes played so as the season goes on that's going to need to come down especially um, just to give some rest time before the playoffs so it's it's important that those players off the bench are going to be able to fill in when you're starting to need to ease those minutes for Jokic and Mari, um, going forward, because yeah, they're, they're going to need to slow down those minutes a, few, a couple of times, aren't they?
0: We're going to move from the door being firmly shut to a door which is so wide open, everything's coming through. Matthew Bray, let's end this. Let's end this uh, division discussion. With the Minnesota Timberwolves, man, I, you know, I feel for you. It's nothing you can really do about it, man. You know, you didn't choose this team. Talk to me about Timberwolves.
2: We this section could just be the Timberwolves suck. Moving on, like it's
3: bad,
2: (laughs) (laughs) really bad. Um, So say the
3: Hawks are great. Don't say your team
2: sucks.
5: you did get a win. You did get a win this week.
2: They got, yeah, they got they got a win. They beat, got beat two. the Pelicans without oh, Towns or Russell. They should have got two. Um should have got two. So, yeah, um question to the other GMs, are the Wolves, the Pistons or the Wizards the worst team in the league? Which one of those three
5: does everyone think is the pistons. worst? Pistons. I was say Pistons. <laughs> pistons. Yeah, it is. Definitely.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're the second worst team in the league then, um, which is the only <laughs> the only plus that, that we can see. So I mean, look, I, I it's a sad picture, but I did look into it. Um Cat has played four <laughs> games this season. So there's there's problem number one. Don't have your best player by far. Um yeah. it's like it's a team with not much talent on it past Cap, and he hasn't even been playing. So you can't really do much of that in the first place. Um, The second thing is that Ryan Saunders has been the coach for a couple of years now. And at the start of the season, he brought in two guys, um, kind of like the NFL. He's almost got like an offensive and a defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator is a guy called David Vanderpool, who came over from Portland, very well-regarded around the league. Um, He's just not working with much because they're terrible defensively. Guess... Who they brought in as their offensive coordinator. Fun fact, he's the oldest rookie in league history. Oh, oh, Pablo Frigioni. Pablo Friggioni yeah. is, I found out, the offensive coordinator. Wow. What a
3: gem. What an absolute no man like love Pablo. That. I know. Um and that's great. Like drafted by the Knicks.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I and uh, I think going into the season, um, they they were thinking we're going to be a bottom ten offense, a, ma- a defense, no matter what. They just haven't got the personnel for it. They have got all the guys too young. They've got no big presences inside. They're just going to be a bottom ten defense. That's just it. And the offense, they were hoping to rely on it, and hasn't been there. Like Pablo's not been able to work his magic. To be fair, they haven't been at this very long. Like. Like Ryan, Ryan Saunders coach, he's in his second season technically, but he only became the head coach when they fired Thibodeau. Can't really put too much judgment, judgment on him, um, but it's, it's just not been great. They, they kind of, they, they set up like a half court offense team who doesn't play very quickly, but they can't score in the half court and they don't take enough. They don't take enough threes. They don't make enough threes their their main offensive centerpiece at the moment is D'Lo and they're just not maximizing him in the same way that he was in Brooklyn like that when he was in Brooklyn and when Brooklyn traded him they traded high on him because he was playing so well in their system Avery Bradley just had it going for him and they need to watch some of that tape back and see exactly how how D'Lo was, was Avery, doing. Avery Bradley was it not Avery Avery, not Avery Bradley Avery Johnson Avery
0: Johnson, Avery. Avery
2: Johnson. <laughs> Jesus nice one um, Channing so, Tate. yeah they need to, um, <laughs> they need to they need to yeah they need to really get back and, and try and do that um and another the only the only other like because I don't think any of this is going to happen they're going to continue to be bad this whole season um the interesting wrinkle for them though is that um if their pick is outside the top three it goes to the Warriors. Next year's draft, and if they are a bottom five team, I believe they get about they only get a forty percent chance of getting it. So even if even if they're slightly better, it's still only a forty percent chance of retaining their pick. It's just such a precarious situation. They obviously made their made the trades thinking they'd be better, but if I'm the Warriors, I'm like.
0: You're laughing.
2: Like on my odds, sixty. basically you, you're getting at least a 60% chance of, of getting a pick Um, that's in the top, you know, 10 or top eight, I think.
5: What was the trade for that?
2: What was the trade it for that? It was in, the, um, in Wiggins. The, the D'Lo trade. Oh,
5: fuck. Yeah, Wiggins. Yeah, of course. Ugh.
2: Oh, yeah. Sorry,
3: the Wiggins Ugh. trade. Yeah, the
2: Wiggins, Wiggins
0: yeah. actually playing uh, decent as well now. Yeah, well, that's because
3: he's in a better team. We've already covered this thing was last, last week. Uh, I ain't going to that island unless anyone else is on it. Um, <laughs> and also like double nut kick is that they could have picked Wiseman and they I picked everything.
2: This is the other thing because don't get me wrong, Edward like, Edwards has been fine. He's been fine, but has he?
0: I don't think has he has. Not. No, no, no. I'll tell you, Bray, because they've given this man the green light in the magic game, he shot a three of fourteen. And then last night. He... what else do you want to do with him? You
2: haven't got Carl Anthony Towns. There's no one else to take any shot. You might as well let him take the shot, get all the bad stuff just, out of the way. I,
0: he's not get he's not making first all rookie team. He's not he's not the first pick. He shouldn't have been the first pick.
2: I I I agree. He he definitely should have been the first pick. Like, okay, so Anthony Davis doesn't play center unless they go to their super death lineup when they're really yeah. trying to beat people. He doesn't normally. Mm-hmm. They need to do the same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. They need to have a center there. Someone a lot like that could have been. That would have been a much better option to have Wiseman there. Cat playing the four, and they because Cat's a great three-point shooter as well. Yeah. But they they missed it. They missed the trick. They. I, I don't really know what they did with with this. They they've obviously struggled drafting, um, drafting players as we've seen. Um, I mean, I guess not with Cat. It's just drafting around random. You get that one star. Um, and the Pelicans are kind of going through this as well where you get the one piece and now it's your job to put stuff around him and they just haven't managed to do it yet. Um, yeah. We'll see if, if when Cat when gets back, if they can actually look like a basketball team. But at the moment, they're just don't.
0: Quick uh, question, Bray. Just tell me what you think. 27th rank defence for the Timberwolves compared to 15.1 turnovers per game. What could be an easier fix for them to improve on?
2: Uh, the the turnovers in the offense is is the easiest thing to fix because they like they've got guys who can score like D'Lo can be more efficient than he's being when Cat comes back he will be more efficient. Um, they they can make strides on the offensive end. Defense we always knew it was going to be a problem, so let's not focus on that and just get the offense uh, you know to be like if they can have the the 15th best offence in the league, like that would be, that would just be, it would be so much better.
0: Yeah. So that wraps up division discussions. Let's head to the leaderboard. Here we go. Right. In last place and still in last place, even though it is marginal, Mr. Salt Bray, your best team is the Boston Celtics, 10 to six. And worst team we just spoke about them, Timberwolves. Uh, you have a record of 43 and 54. Just yes. above you is Lancashire Lambit, 44 and 50. Just kudos to you. You've played the least amount of games and you have covered some serious ground, Matt. So I will give you some props for that. Your best handed team... Me,
3: handed me three L's this week, motherfucker.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way
3: behind
6: you. Dallas and Sons, man. Fuck. Come on. You should be scared, Wildy. <laughs> <laughs> you see his glasses you see his, glasses? Oh, his the man. glasses i'm serious, man I'm serious. Business. Yeah. at
3: the beginning of this week i had a full head of hair this is what you're doing to me
0: <laughs> <laughs> so 44 and 50 for lancashire Beer. best team is the nuggets you're playing much better your worst team is the washington wizards i only played 13 games though um in third place, staying in third place, is one by Express. You are 48 and 52. Your best team is Philly. Uh, yeah, we did lose to Detroit Pistons. <laughs> and... Yeah, but, uh, it, yeah. It the, my, worst my team <laughs> Detroit Pistons
3: win, uh, you know, helped. <laughs> but it yeah. gave me a loss on my Do own. You know what team. it was?
0: It was, um, yeah, yeah, it was Doc. He was like, we'll give you a win because Wild needs it. Yeah. So, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so um, second place, we've got House of O3 um, at 53 and 49. George, your best team is Los Angeles Lakers, the, the hot sister, as we spoke about. And your worst team is the Pels, 5 and 10.
1: Not the Bulls, not the Bulls.
2: Not well. the Bulls.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: They're
0: better than the Pels, that's fine. They can be better than the
3: Pels. <laughs> yeah. They're better than Miami right now.
0: and um top of the leaderboard hopefully humble soon i don't think he will um i think he stretched his lead at 61 and 45 his best team is the utah jazz and his worst team is the new york knicks at 8 and 11 which is not a bad record overall so a lot of a lot of changes um even though positions haven't changed still plenty of games to play as we're not at the 25 percent mark yet
5: Ooh. a lot of missed games though i don't think a lot what do you guys think do you think those games that have been postponed will get will end up being played i think there's quite a few teams that got like six games missed or something like that do you reckon they all could squeeze them in. I'm not. I'm not too confident.
3: They will do everything they can because every, the amount of money they lose, even if yeah. they play like a fraction of the games, is the, mental.
2: The reason it's 72 is is because, and they did this last year, is because I think there is like the TV deals tied to like 70 or 72 games. They have to play. Every team has to play that number, otherwise they lose money. Um, yeah. I think it might be a case of pushing, like I don't know, pushing Klaus back even.
4: But yeah.
5: I think they have a hard cutoff this year with the Olympics coming up.
4: Oh, that that
5: I think was another spanner because there's the Olympics this year, and I think quite a few players obviously want to go to the Olympics, and obviously they want USA to go as well. So I think that's another thing to consider.
0: Yeah, they well they definitely uh, don't yeah. well they definitely don't want to drop out early like they did in the last tournament. So yeah, um, so that wraps up divisions discussions and the leaderboard. We're going to take a short break, and we are going to head. To our segments. What up? We're back. Favorite segment time. Shoot your shot. Somebody's trying to get a win here. That's me. <laughs> I am still winless. Who's that? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. Thank. You. Uh, it it might happen today. It probably won't. But we're gonna we're gonna have fun anyway. We're gonna have fun. So yeah, our first matchup is House Lasky versus Lancashire Lambier. This will be headed by Mr. Wildsmith, on by Wildy. So I'm going to read out the question. Wildy, make sure you've got the timer ready and then you can start it after I finish. So earlier this week, Jalen Brown scored the most points, 33 points, uh, in under 20 minutes played during the shot clock era, which is 1954 and 55. Now, question I have to you both is who is the best microwave player in the league? And what I mean by this, can heat up real quick, zero to 100, real quick.
3: You pick the okay. guys first. When I put my hand up, that means the time has started. And then I'm going to put my hand up again when you've got 10 seconds left so that you can gauge it. And then when my hand goes down, you shut up.
0: <laughs> oh, Heard.
6: Oh, all right. Quite directive.
0: <laughs> okay, authoritative, authoritative. Okay, right. Going first is... Lancashire Lambé. Go.
6: Cool. So I am going to go for the reigning sixth man of the year, and that is Montres Harrell. One of Ed's teams, the LA Clippers. This is a man who is currently averaging 14 points per game, or not his highest, really, considering he got 19 points per game average last season and 17 in his previous two. But he is shooting 63% from field goal. Pretty good. He's hot. In the playoffs, he turns up as well. He averaged 10 points per game last season. But in the previous playoff season, eighteen point three, and he's shooting at fifty-seven percent in the playoffs as well. So, who better do you want to be shooting the lights out when it's really needed, Montres Harrell? You had ten more seconds if you want it. Nah, I'll leave it. I'm going to put the pressure on Ed.
0: so so are you what are you ready for part two yeah i just
3: wanted to use that extra 10 seconds to sit in that in that shade all right let's
0: go
5: so when we talk about microwave we're talking about high power minimal effort and is there a better person? You may have forgotten him because he's on the reserve list, injury reserve list. Mr. Clay Thompson. Now, Mr. Thirty-seven points, thirteen from thirteen in the field, from the three in the third quarter. When he touched the ball for only ninety seconds, high power, minimal effort. He's also got the sixty-point game, where in twenty, he saw sixty points in twenty-nine minutes. That's two point zero seven points a minute. And remember that guy Wilt who got hundred points? He only got two point zero seven. So that's what Mr. Clay Thompson does. High power, minimal effort. He's the best microwave in the NBA. He's a
6: broken microwave for the
5: moment, right? <laughs> <now>. <laughs> he just still heat up better than her. Montrezl Harrell, And also, he plays the Lakers, not the Clippers anymore. All
6: right. <laughs> <a> bed.
3: <laughs> Trust the Magic fan to come up with a player that's injured. <laughs>
0: um... <laughs> all right, Wally, you're cool, bud. broken microwave. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, interesting 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 so it's going to Matt Matt wins this for sure because Montrez is, is he's live He as he quietly said he's working microwave at the moment <laughs> the only stat that was a bad thing for Montrez is that he's you know at 14 when he's you know average 17 previous but that he's when you're playing with LeBron and AD, then you know your attempts are going to go down, and so your numbers naturally. But he's obviously doing bits. Um, one of the things I would say about him in the playoffs is that he was practically unplayable against Denver for some reason, just the analytics did not support, he couldn't defend at all. But in terms of offense, that's what we refer to when we talk about a microwave. Things with Clay, he again, we kind of if, if there was a Hall of Fame microwaves, he'd be in there, but he had a really bad injury we thought he was coming back and then he got another really bad one so oh, I'm worried if we're ever actually going to see Clay again in his true form
5: can I call a coach's so, challenge uh, can I call a coach's challenge
0: uh, no because no, to be honest I've been robbed you. I've been robbed of wins on this and it's down to the person so you're right. you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah I mean
3: you think he that's makes the robbery call. do you
0: this is what happens when you're on top. He feels like he's entitled <laughs> to stuff.
3: Oh, right, here you go. You're not getting those franchise player calls, sir. Uh, no. He's like
0: this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, George, should we, George, should we move on to the second question? Yeah, let's go for it. So, second
1: question. Which current NBA player has or had the best signature shoe? Um, so this question is going to be for Alex DiCaprio, as I'm calling him, seeing as he's been robbed. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when, when's
4: it going?
1: Salt break. Okay. So I'm going to give it to Bray to start. You will go on go again with 10 seconds. I'll put my hand up so you know.
2: Okay, three, two, one, go. Right. First of all, I want to give a shout out to my man, Michael. Um, He's not playing at the moment, but obviously most of his shoes are are there. If we have to go current players, I'm going with LeBron. I'm going with the LeBron 8s. And there's a key reason for this. Um, Clothes, shoes, fashion, you obviously want to look fly, but it's even better when you make a statement. So LeBron Eight were released in October of 2010. What else happened in 2010? The decision. He took his talents to South Beach, and this is what these shoes were called: the South Beach. They were in the Miami Vice colorways, which we all know is the flyest in the NBA. He you had know, the hot pink laces. It's all about looking fly on the beach. And it was the statement um, to follow up the decision, and that is why I'm choosing the LeBron. I'm going to post a pick for y'all in our group chat so you can see those beautiful kicks just in time ooh, okay tough,
0: you feeling pressure? pressure is a privilege
1: <laughs> okay Alex, you ready? yep three, two, one,
0: go I'm going to go one better and I'm just going to show you this year straight up I'm going with the Kyrie Ones. The reason, first off, the design of the shoe is fire. It looks like it's got crocodile teeth on the baseline of the shoe, but apparently it's designed after the Sydney Opera House, which is one of my favorite buildings. Who doesn't like that building? That's pretty good. It's also, the Kyrie's is apparently the fasting setting setting series um, out of any active player. So that was the first shoe and it set the tone. He's gone on to make seven more. It's also about what the player does in the shoe. So this shoe was released in December 2014. He was an all-star that year. He made all NBA third team, averaged 22-3 rebounds and five assists. But most importantly, Cleveland made the finals because it was the first year that LeBron basically came back to the finals. And Kyrie, unfortunately, actually got injured and they ended up losing in six. But that's why I think it's an impact and I think it's had a lasting legacy.
1: Nice time oh okay okay I like that Um, I'm feeling pressure because it's kind of like a LeBron against Kyrie debate (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna get flack after this
3: for Um, Alex's sake separate yourself from that
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god
1: so I do like that uh LeBron part from you Bray. it does show like the legacy and the changes in that, I do like that. Alex, you, you're giving out the points with the influences and all the sales and the numbers. Again, very good points. Um, tough decision, tough decision, but I think I'm going to have to give DiCaprio his first Oscar with this one. <laughs> with the Kyries, um, mainly it has to come down to like the popularity of them. You remember when they first came out, like everyone had them, they were on everyone's feet everywhere. So, yeah,
2: they were, on my shortlist. You were the
1: Oscar brother.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm not even mad because those were on my shortlist. Like, they yeah. fire shoes.
4: Everyone great.
3: wanted those. I play, I was so play really mad. mad. I was so mad when they sold out on the UK Nike store. I had to order them from fucking Sweden. (laughs) You know what? When
1: he releases, I think it was his second one, the Dunkin' Donuts colorway.
3: Does everyone
1: remember that? Oh, bro, I love those. I've seen it, go, Mate, Yeah, he's, he's got
0: some. He's got some mad colorways. Like he did one with Patrick obviously. and SpongeBob as yeah, well. Sponge yeah, with the nice.
2: pineapple. Well, yeah, L- L- Lillard for the same. He's just released, obviously, the the OKC colorways. But there's a Ric Flair colorway of the same shoe. Oh
4: man!
2: Like it's like these uh, guys. These guys going to everyone.
0: Bray,
3: with, I with the
0: all oh, gone.
3: I was going to say with the Kyrie ones, the uh, Uncle Drew colorway is fucking unreal. Yeah, it's fire. Remember that. Yeah.
0: Bray, I so there was I was worried you were going to go with this shoe because this is also my option, and the reason I can use it is because this player is still in the league. I was going to go with these.
2: The The crazy
0: lights, the D D Rose, the one that he had in his MVP season. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, like, um, it's basically how f- the furthest he got. Like, he got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and you guys got knocked out by the heat. But I love those shoes. Yeah, that's
1: they're so true. fire. Like the, the- I have to say, the worst shoe line for me will probably be the Crazy Light series, not not the d Roads. Remember when they had, like, the speed boost and you were just running on sharp
3: plastic? I, yeah, no, yeah. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Have you ever played in Crazy Lights? Like, yeah, yeah well-being cardboard shoes like it's literally
1: awful. i wanted to chop off my feet afterwards just so i <laughs> had to feel pain like <laughs> yeah
4: it's a
2: tough awful yeah, a tough so guy. It, it, i will say though in my research for this literally like it's all if you go like top 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 shoes it's just like all jordan's yeah yeah, yeah. And, then and then it's and then it's and then it's like the pennies is in there as well like, every, like apparently, like pennies the one are the ones to have. I didn't even know this. Um, and like occasionally, you'll see some LeBron shoes in there, some Kyrie shoes in there. But like
0: some Iversons. Uh,
2: and oh yeah, and then the uh, the odd Kobe one as uh, as well, the old, the odd Mamba. Um, I got
3: a pair, of pe- a pair of pennies. They're nice. They're very uh, platformy. Like you feel uh, you feel like your footwork goes up a few points when you put that
0: on. <laughs> 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 so that that wraps up shoot your shot um wins i finally got a win guys so george um whatever you need man if you need me to add a couple of wins in the leaderboard i can do that for you uh, that's cool man I, I appreciate you i've got one uh, i want and, i want uh, to
1: see you create a dicaprio meme for yourself now <laughs> oh,
0: the gatsby um yeah well and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the Django. The uh, and yeah. and Langs and Lancashire again. Not taking any L's, man. You're you're on a roll recently. That door.
6: That door. That's what that I'm door.
0: say <laughs> <laughs> So this next segment is a uh, sort of a one-off special. Uh, yesterday, one year ago yesterday, uh, Kobe Bryant, Gianna and seven others uh, tragically passed away in a. Uh, in a tragic helicopter accident um we've obviously uh, still grieving from it now all as basketball fans and just just general individuals and we all truly miss them but we want to talk about something on the positive side and we want to talk about our favorite kobe memory so each one of us are going to speak through that uh, and talk about how he's impacted us just in general every day today life so i think we're going to start off with house daski
5: so the one cool thing for me personally is my birthday actually falls on Mama Day. So my birthday is 24th of August. So 248 is my okay. birthday. So I always find that pretty cool. So that's, that's always got a bit of a, a special place in my heart. Um, but my actually I want to talk about my first memory. So obviously I was always into football growing up. And I always remember that there was always this one basketball player who was into football as well. And obviously Kobe's got his background um, in Italy and his love for, the, uh, for AC Milan. I remember seeing him in videos with Ronaldinho I always had that in my mind about Kobe Bryant when I started getting into the NBA I remember there was a specific video on uh on the NBA's YouTube channel and it was talking about Kobe's leadership it was like a two minute long video and his intensity and it was just a simple pick and roll play of him and Paul Gasol and I just remember just watching that video like a very short two minute video and just his just seeing that his intensity in the game and just the relationship he had with Powell. And even after they won the game, just Kobe's maturity and being like, listen, the way we did that was just so perfect. Just focusing on the moment and not getting too ahead of himself. I just loved watching that. I think that was my first memory of Kobe. Um, I think I, when I became a proper fan, it was more to the end of his career. So I didn't necessarily see the proper Kobe Bryant like other people did, but that was my first memory of Kobe. And that's the one that initially stuck out to me.
0: Ed, I'd also tell you why that sticks out to you because that clip was in the finals against the Orlando Magic.
5: But I, w- I wasn't a Magic fan then. I wasn't a Magic fan back then. But yeah,
0: but it was um, it was it was an and one play to the yes. rim. Yeah, left you're hand. he's talking about how they if they stay, yeah, yeah, up, line,
3: they yeah. Don't yeah. Know how to, yeah. He's Nah, yeah, I remember. Yeah,
0: that's a good clip. Nice. Let's move on to the man who's, who's repping the Jersey.
3: Yeah, man. Talk, right. talk to
0: me, Jay Ward. What's your, yeah, what's your favorite like, Kobe memory?
3: Mine's a little bit like unorthodox, and So like, I bear with me, like I'm not going to go too long, but I kind of have like a two part thing, but the main one, the first thing is like the thing with sports is, is that it's all about like bringing people together and like either room for or against something. And like, um, I had a science teacher called Mr. Maburu, who was like the guy who would run the basketball club at my boarding school after school. Um, He was an absolute legend and like he loved the fact that I was into basketball. And I would like, I would drop by his science lab sometimes and just see how he was doing. And he'd be like, oh my God, you see what Kobe did last night? And I was like, oh, what? And so he would, me and him would be bonding over Kobe highlights and... I just one memory sticks in is when you know he when he's dribbling to the middle of the uh, free throw and he up fakes and as soon as a, his guy goes up he just pivots through and puts it off the back and dunks it I, I just have such a vivid memory of me and i hate science but me and this science teacher who played basketball together when i was like from you know nine years old to sixteen, you know us just losing our minds over Kobe highlights. Like <laughs> the day later, because we're in a different time zone, man. Um, and so and and then the other one was just like when we when I first got into uh, NBA, at NBA, like watching it, following it, because we got uh, we got you know, we got the package to get it in 2010. The Kobe run through that. I know they only won one against Orlando, but they lost to Celtics in 0-9. Um, no, sorry, in 0-8. And then they had that uh, amazing round one against OKC. The young, like Kevin Durant, Westbrook, and those guys were like battling Kobe at it. But I mean, you know, they won 4-2. But that was the series that the first. NBA series I watched live and like some of the highlights in that series are unbelievable. It's so, so good to watch. Um, and then, you know, my first finals that I ever watched live going to seven games was just unbelievable. And the fact, Kobe came out on top of that. Um, you know, it's just great and so like so much impact on the game and just how he, how he we, he was so hated as a player while he was in, like he was the bad guy. That was like his mm. persona. And as soon as the competition was removed, he then evolved into this basketball guru and monument. It was just um, an awesome thing. And we didn't get enough time of that, that second phase of his basketball, uh, basketball life.
0: Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest with you, like the impact he will, he has, like, I think when somebody talks about somebody who's gone, they're like always, you know, wishing how the they still be here, but I'm always, always having the back of my mind, be thankful that they have been there rather than that. They're, they're, they're gone and thankful for stuff like that. George, what, what memories yeah. have you got from, from code?
1: Um, so I would say like, like Kobe has just been amazing. Like, um I remember when I first like got into basketball and started going to clubs regularly like that. Um I was round eight. And back then, like the only players which I could name off by heart were like three, which was Michael, Jordan, LeBron James and and Kobe Bryant. <laughs> that that was that was my list right there. But I remember cause Back then, it was just so hard to just get access to like the NBA in comparison today. But I remember when I got the chance, just going back and just seeing all the Kobe highlights kind of like you wild again, you know, just losing it with your friends and your coaches and that like insane. Um, in terms of Kobe moments, like I said, there's just so so many, and like. Honourable mentions, the list can go on and on for me. Like, I would say one of the biggest honourable mentions was that moment, even though it was kind of disproved later on, but the Matt Barnes, the pass fake, that massive one. And everyone's just like Kobe's. Kobe's just built different. Like the no flinch. That that was one of my honourable mentions. But I think the biggest one for me was the during the end part of his career and i think it was the the oscar video that farewell that goodbye, oh dear basketball, yeah,
0: dear, dear basketball, yeah
1: yeah that watching that video it just hits different and that whole farewell tour was just so emotional and it was just nice to see that perspective like from here's you it's kind of it's kind of you kind of imagine yourself in that situation, which is so special. And it's weird looking back because the you can obviously see the impact he's had because for a lot of people in the world, um, they never got a chance to meet him. They may not even got a chance to like see him play live or anything like that. But to have such that emotional connection to that. Big loss just shows his impact and what a legend he was on and off the court.
0: Matt, you're obviously a newcomer to the sport. You started watching it much more recently. What Kobe memories do you have?
6: The one that sticks out for me probably is his last game because that was probably the first season where I started to pay true attention Mm. um, to basketball and recognise it. And that last game, I think kind of illustrates his greatness perfectly in the fact that all these people turned out to watch it. Like the list of celebs who attended that game are endless and his performance as well kind of just shows his graft, even in the season where he's like, what, 37 years of age and not scoring as much as he used to, to go out and score 60 points in his last game. And that even that um, those free throws he's taking at the end to take him to 60 points. It, I know it's probably a bit disputed whether it's true or not, but um, this whole Gordon Hayward thing where he steps his foot over the line to make it a foul if Kobe misses the shot for the 60th point, I think stuff like that, whether it's true or not, kind of illustrates nicely the, the respect that his fellow pros had for him. And that that's what sticks out to me because it shows the respect he had from his pros and the respect he had across the wider um NBA community and the fans and just how to play the game and how to dedicate and focus your life to a sport like you did.
0: Yeah, that, that comeback was insane because it is it's one thing scoring 60 points in a game, but to actually win that game as well, like incredible. Mr. Bray, what, um, what Kobe story have you got for us?
2: Um, I've got a few different things. So, um... I recently got a new job and they I'm, I've lit, I'm frantically trying to find it in my emails and I've actually lost it. Um, I, I got sent like, their kind of like here are the values we have at our company. And one of the values, it, like they have a different person for each one. One of them's Kobe. Like, oh. and it's just come to me and I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, it was what, it was the thing I loved. And I mentioned it when I, I spoke to them and I was like, I'm obviously a massive basketball fan. I was like, that just unlike the the kind of hard work aspect of it just embodies it so well. Um, and I was talking to the guys earlier. I I also recently watched the Tony Parker documentary, um, and uh, and Kobe does make a feature. So uh, if you if for oh. no other reason, watch it for that because he, he obviously like we talked about the things that we're missing, like the insight that he's giving. Obviously now retired, talking about players who who who, who he's played against, and he's just so funny on camera. I think the last thing I want to round it up with is something that I always remember is the, the Black Mamba commercial he did, um, where it's like... With, with yeah. Kanye. Yeah. So the, the one with the one with Robert Rodriguez, where it's like a film. Oh, yeah, yeah. He walks yeah. into Robert Rodriguez's office and he's like, so I want to make a film about Black Mamba. And they're talking through it like how it's going to go, and then it keeps cutting to these scenes that they've made. And it's like, oh, we're going to get someone great, um, like uh, Mickey Rock or or someone we can get. And it's like Danny Trejo or something. And yeah, that,
0: it's and like things. it's not Mickey Rock, it's somebody else. Like,
2: yeah, it's Danny okay, Trejo. That. Or and then oh, they yeah. actually get Bruce Willis um for the next bit, and <laughs> the last one it's like um and Kanye West is like the boss, and it's like <laughs> someone like him, and he's like no. Kanye West and it's like it's so funny because Kobe's just like he's not even acting he's just being himself and it's just absolutely fantastic and I re-watched it again today because I love that so much like um I was just cracking up cracking up over it and the last line that he says is heroes come and go but legends are forever and I was like fuck like that hit me i, I was because i've been thinking about it a little bit but that hit me when I, when he said that last time i was like how fitting so uh that's yeah yeah rest in peace man
4: yeah
0: i'm i'm gonna wrap it up and sort of tail off that the advert where he's doing like the mumba excellence school with all of those celebrities and he's sort of like just giving a speech and kindly like asked the question he's like how can I get better if, if I'm already at the best? And he's like, he's like, he doesn't say anything. He just goes, you're welcome. And then is like, what, the, what does that mean? And everyone just started recording. <laughs> I was like,
5: <gasps> what does that mean, Kobe Bryant? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. Um, his humour as well. One of, one of my favourite moments is uh, the Kobe Bryant and Jaden Rose commercial, which didn't actually get to air. Uh, when he talks about like dropping, and he's he's sort of in a restaurant. It's a
3: TV series. It's not it, a commercial. Okay. Everyone thinks it's a commercial, but it was a sitcom. Jalen was trying to do.
0: You should you should have pursued it because this is amazing. Uh, and he's at, yeah. at a restaurant, and um, I think he just calls out his name. And Jalen, as soon as he hears it, he knows who it is, and he's like, "Colby." How- How's everything? Oh. And then, um, yeah, it just get they get into a conversation, and he orders eighty-one olives. But Yeah, so um, there's a
5: similar one,
0: oh, that, really? another one olives of that.
1: Mister Brian, eighty-one. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's that.
5: yeah. it's like this out. Go, se- go, go, on. Go on, go on buddy. You mean really He's like this? seriously.
3: <laughs> no, man, I'm just playing. Just two. <laughs> he gets it. What if he? I. It goes back to Jalen's face As soon as he breaks the stare Kobe starts clapping After he's like A joke for him It's so good man. There's,
5: like, this, there's one with him and Derek Rose as well I think they were doing promo for 2K, 2K And 2K they were talking yeah. about their players And there was, I think at the, they were like going back and forth And the last thing he said "Well, My guy's got five rings And Derek Rose was like Yeah I've got nothing to say to that That's like, yeah, yeah. just better <laughs>
0: so my my one uh annoyance with kobe is when finding out realizing that he's philadelphia born and bred uh and the annoyance of like yeah we obviously we've got ai he's my hero but for him to play in like philly and city and see what he's done with the lakers i'm always like what if one of my favourite memories was when Iverson came back, second stint with the Sixers. He obviously wasn't the player that he was, but there was a part in that game in the third quarter where AI and Kobe were going back and forth. AI, uh, eventually he calls off and Kobe just takes the game over. Um, and this obviously dates back to, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but when they were playing in the finals against each other, Kobe Bryant saw Adam Iverson drop 35 on him. He flipped the table and he did like research he did like every interview he's done every article he went into like some extensive like learning all of his, all of his moves um and just the dedication that really like nobody is is like him you know if there is somebody like him it, it would be jordan but just the detail that he actually does and the research into the lamps is something that i don't know if we will ever see maybe we will um 10 20 years down the line but that's something that I've always respected and the last uh, memory is just something which I love is he's on the Mavs bench he's out injured you guys have probably seen this gif and uh, the Mavs fat fans just chatting to him I remember watching this game live and it's just gone on Kobe and he just he he looks at the guy and he goes
3: uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just saying, I got five rings, so you, you just need to shut up.
4: Mm. And
0: that's just that's just Kobe in a nutshell for me, man. Just mm. savage, but like he can back it up. Yeah. Do you guys
5: remember when he was on Jimmy Kimmel and uh, he showed him the clip yes. the Lakers bench? Yeah, I was Lakers waiting,
0: for
3: yeah. oh, I was waiting for to bring this up. The Lake the Lakers have been on uh, like a re- stupid losing streak, like something like twelve games, and then they beat the Knicks in the garden, and there's just a video of Swaggy P and I-
0: Jeremy Lin, like Jordan,
4: Jordan, Jordan Hill.
3: Hill. Yeah, and they're all like, it's us, we in the building, what you gonna say? And they oh my god, and like, you just, you anticipate what Kobe's so, reaction is gonna be, and- it comes off and you've got to take
5: it. For the, for those who haven't seen it, so he, Kobe Ryan's out with an elbow injury or shoulder injury, whatever. He's on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy comes like, Kobe, I really wanna, want, want you to watch this video and get your reaction. So he plays the video of the Lakers bench getting excited because they beat the Knicks after being on, as while well, they he was a 12-game losing streak. And then it zooms out and it pans at Kobe and Kobe. And the whole crowd is laughing at this video because it's really funny, but Kobe's there, just like still face, just like, just not taking any shit that they fucking won an easy game. And he's like, "No, nah, I ain't having this. And Jimmy Kim was there just dying laughing. Cause like, yeah, that's what, that's what you expect in LA. Like what the fuck is this? But another one just <laughs> to highlight the mumbo mentality, as you were saying, Wadi. Fuck yeah, man.
0: I, I, I guess the only thing to finish on is what's there to be happy about? Jobs on finish. Job done. <laughs> so yeah. Absolutely. That is, um, yeah man so many great memories and i'm sure that there's going to be more stuff to come i'm hoping for a a documentary um on his final series and just finding out more stories that surface from from cove so rest in peace to him and gianna and and the others that obviously tragically died um that wraps up the sixth man for this week so i want to uh, give a shout out to all my gms for for keep plugging away We're almost 25% of the way through the season, so we've still got a big chunk to go, but I'm excited. The leaderboard is heating up very nicely. We'll be back next week with the Atlantic and the Pacific divisions for the third time. We'll be speaking about them. But from your sixth man and my other GMs, it is over and out. Peace.
1: Ciao.